Do you want to be inspired by other brilliant business owners? Find out how and why they set their brilliant businesses up. Discover some of the triumphs and struggles they face along the way. If so, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Brilliant Businesses Podcast. We interview business owners to find out their story and journey as to how they set their businesses up. We believe that story is an important way of making their businesses shine, and we share those stories on this podcast. Keep building those brilliant businesses. So good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a brilliant business podcast. My name is Nick Bryant, and I'm here with Pam Locke from the Locke Associates Group. Hey, Pam. Hi there. Good to see you again. Thanks for asking me in. Thank you. Now, we're going to talk about a couple of topics, um, workers' protection bill, toxic cultures, and also strikes and industrial action. Now, I think I'm right in saying that um, you were interviewed by The Telegraph recently um, about toxic cultures um, regarding the workers' protection bill. So tell us what it is and, and how it affects employers. Well, one of the issues that we have coming across increasingly is, um, I suppose, staff that are unhappy about the environments they're working in. And yeah. in the past, I suppose pre-hashtag me too, staff would not raise issues in the same way because they were fearful of losing their job or facing mm. recrimination, some sort of negative action being taken against them. And so what you end up happening is you end up with perhaps having somebody who is at the top of a business who has created a culture that's become quite toxic because yeah. people fee- live in fear. Mm. So they're not prepared to report. What ends up happening is you have an environment that people are unhappy working in. So clearly if they're unhappy, they're going to be demotivated. Productivity is going to drop off. But actually what also happens is you lose your best staff. Yeah. Now, clearly that's not what you want as a business. Um, but quite often, you know, you might be unaware that this is going on in your business because obviously nobody's spoken up yeah so what you have is this horrible toxic culture that's developed and and we're now noticing that there's been a shift especially since hashtag me too because people are you know are feeling more empowered to complain yeah um they are now there's less stigma attached to using grievances so there's an increasing number of people using grievances as a way to try and resolve issues Mm. or a way to bring issues to the forefront um, and obviously that's quite costly to deal with and, and yeah. takes up management time. Mm. So, you know, what we're encouraging, you know, clients to do is to try and identify if they've got an issue in their business, put in place mechanisms to try and deal with it. Okay. Um, and also, um, you know, make sure they take any issues seriously because, you know, otherwise they're exposed to quite expensive potential litigation yeah. that can ensue. So someone, if someone's unhappy, even if they're still in a job, they can bring a discrimination claim. Okay. Um, or they can bring other claims for, for um, you know, the way they've been treated, yeah. especially if they've, if, if they've left because they felt they couldn't, you know, work there anymore. Okay. So um, we have noticed, obviously, a change and an increase in complaints that are coming through. But equally... Um, you know, employers are now, you know, particularly our HR consultants are trying to help mm. our clients retain staff because it's still t- such a tough market to recruit good people. Of course, people. yeah. So there's benefits both ways, trying mm. to prevent, you know, litigation and issues that can be quite costly, but also trying to create an environment where people want to come and work for Absolutely. you or stay working for you. Yeah. So I think it's important that you, you know, 
identify there's an issue. And the first thing you can do is, is do an audit, okay. do a staff engagement survey. Okay. Make sure that you take action after that. Because yeah. there's no point in doing a, an anonymous survey to find out if there's issues or things that could improve and then not doing anything about it. Because, you know, we, we have individuals that will come to us and say, look, I've got this issue. And actually they've never done anything about it. Right. So make sure you action it. Mm. Other things you can do is make sure you're putting in place training. And okay. we're doing quite a lot of training with clients um, to try and prevent harassment and bullying also train managers to spot signs within the organization um, and also alert managers to treatment that would be unlawful and unfair so that they can make sure that that's not happening in their business okay now what the government is doing yeah is the government is also uh, recognizing that there's still issues with people and in particular women who feel unable to complain um, and are operating in these sort of toxic environments. And it originally started as a private member's bill, okay. but it's now government-sponsored. And so the Workers' Protection Bill is a piece of legislation that's currently working its way through Parliament. And if it becomes law, it will come into force next year. Right. And employers will be uh, obliged to ensure that they've taken all reasonable steps to prevent harassment, and in particular sexual harassment. Okay. Now that's quite onerous. Because that means that as an employer, you've got to basically take make an assessment before any potential harassment takes place to, you know, any you know, identify any risk areas. Yeah. And that's yes. not just in your workplace, that's looking at suppliers because as I said, it's third party harassment as well. Mm. Now I don't know, you might remember back in two thousand and eight. Um, between 2008 and 2013, we had a similar piece of legislation. It wasn't quite so onerous. It was called a sort of three strikes and you're out. Okay. And so it gave the, the employers a couple of goals to get it right. But if somebody had been harassed by a third party um, and complained to their employer about it, the employer was expected to take steps to address it. And they had two shots at that. And on the third one, they'd be found to be liable. Okay. That was repealed in 2013 because they thought it was unreasonable. <laughs> Roll forward 10 years, yeah. and we're now in a different environment. We've had hashtag me too. We've had a lot of changes, you know, in the working environment. And we've now got this new piece of legislation, which if it goes through unamended, will yeah. make it far more onerous on employers. But obviously there's a positive side to this because obviously they're trying to address issues before they occur. So they're trying to prevent harassment rather than dealing with it afterwards. They're trying to prevent it in yeah. the first place. Just rewind a little bit. You mentioned hashtag me too a few times. Yeah. Just to people that don't know what that means. What tell us a bit what that means. So what that was. That really arose around Harvey Weinstein and his right. um <clears throat> the allegations um that uh, he was subjecting women to sexual um crimes okay yeah uh, of various natures mm. um and what has ha- followed on from there was an attempt to bring attention to the fact that some women were being subjected to harassment unlawfully and mm. were being forced to do things um in that instance um it was in respect of the film industry yeah. and people's careers uh, were being affected if they um uh, didn't agree mm. or didn't didn't end up participating um, in activities that, that were effectively sort of forced on them. Um, now he's obviously there's been some various trials since then. With um, Donald Trump this morning, actually. Indeed. Yeah. So we have got yeah, and in his case is quite interesting because it's a mm. civil court, mm. um, and obviously not the same as a criminal court. Um, but yeah, civil court action, obviously, where he's been found guilty by the jury, and, mm. and obviously, in this instance, it's not 
you know, a prison sentence, but it's a substantial penalty. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's a similar thing, you know, in the tribunal system or indeed in the civil courts here. Mm. You know, I think you there is a possibility that that's, you know, as I said, there's been an increasing number of claims that we've noticed. Okay. And complaints that are coming through. Yeah. Um, but yes, hashtag me too was a campaign to try right. and draw attention to this and actually try and stop um, you know that sort of activity taking place. Is there things that um, I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to tighten everything up, isn't it? I, I, you know, presume for it for for um, for third parties, for employers, and for for staff. But is there things that um, employers shouldn't ask staff? And you know, are, are they allowed to ask them about you know their 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 marital status, their their personal life, or is that is that classed as um, toxic or, or or the wrong thing to ask? Um, well. You know, there are obviously legislation, there's legislation in place to prevent unlawful discrimination. Mm. So discrimination means treating one somebody less favourably than you treat somebody else, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And then you've got what we call nine protected characteristics in the UK. Okay. Um, so one of those is, is gender. So whether somebody at the moment is a man or a woman. Yeah. You've also got protection in respect of your marital status as well. Yeah. So if you think you've been less favourably treated because um, you're married on a civil partnership, then there's also scope for bringing claims um, for unlawful discrimination on those grounds. Okay. So when you are interviewing someone, um, you need to be very careful to ensure that you're consistent in your approach. Yeah. And that you've thought through why you're asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we would always recommend that you have a standard, you know, a standard list of questions that you ask everybody. Yeah. And that you don't ask questions with no, I mean, what would be the purpose, I suppose, in asking somebody, are you married or in a civil partnership? Mm. So unless you have a good reason for asking something and you can justify it, I would say don't ask it. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes people in interviews will talk to you and explain you know, the situation you're in because they're just talking generally and, and yeah. you know, and that's fine. You gather that information as part of the interview process. But mm. I mean, I think you need to think very carefully about what you're asking somebody and make sure that you consistently take the same approach with yeah. everyone. Okay. And it's the same with, we have clients that um, check on social media to see what people are doing yeah. before they take them, take them on. Yeah, so is that, is that allowed? Is that? Well, I mean, I would always, as part of the interview process, make somebody aware that that's, that is part of your process, that you actually carry out social media checks. Okay. Um, now, somebody might turn around and say, yeah, but that means they can delete things they don't want you to see. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's fine. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's, mm. that's. But equally, again, you've got to be careful and make sure you do the same. And there is, there used to be an argument um, that, and this has gone back a few years when first, you know, social media first came out, that, mm. that older people didn't access, didn't use social media platforms in the same vo- in the same volume and in the same uh, way as younger people. Yeah. Now, I think that argument has probably diminished somewhat yeah, and I, I've not seen it getting put forward. Um, but I think I would say, make sure that you alert somebody that's what you're going to do and also then make sure you do it for everybody and not just select a few. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, sort of across the board. And what about afterwards? Once they're employed and someone's, you know, they've been out and did something silly at the weekend and put it on Facebook. You know, is that is that the same thing? Um, well, that that depends. Okay. Now, right. we, so I've, I've, we've had a few cases over the years. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to uh, first of all, yes, that that's your private life. Uh, as long as you haven't sort of um publicly put out there that you know you for example you do something with a banner for your company behind it and you do something inappropriate okay. then that could bring the business into disrepute so yes. you'll often find in contracts of employment there is a clause that says 
you know, we have in our contracts, for example, you're, you know, to, you're to act as an ambassador for the business at all times. And it, you know, we encourage our clients to have that, but, mm. but equally there is a division, I mean, between private life and, and, and work, but mm. if it starts going over the line and there's a bit of blur in there, so that you start, mm. if you do something that could impact, you know, on um, the company's reputation, then the company would be legitimately entitled to take disciplinary action against you. So you still see, um, some issues involving yeah. somebody's, you know, their the activities outside work, um, overstepping the mark and actually then becoming something that's that's uh, affect their, yeah. their job. I guess every every situation has to be monitored differently. But it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. Mm. So we, you know, uh, I mean. I mean, I've been doing this now for over 25 years. There's mm. never one case, two cases it's that are the same. same. They're mm. always different, mm. um, but there are some similarities. But yeah, okay. we've got to look at each case on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. And, you know, for employers, um, it's important they also make clear w- what conduct they, you know, what's accepted and what's not accepted. Yeah. So, you know, it's important that you've got a social media policy that sets out, mm. you know, what effectively sets out what would overstep the mark in terms of comments that are getting put on social media. Okay. Um, but, you know, there's, I mean, we've come across situations where employees have put up negative comments about their employer on Facebook. Um, you know, that's not not a good move on my, I would say. <laughs> but, you know, it's... It does it, happen. Though. It does happen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so it's important to make sure that, you know, everybody knows what's, what's acceptable, yeah. what's not acceptable. And again... You know, sometimes it's more than just having a policy. It's putting in place training, make sure people understand, looking at your induction and onboarding processes, yeah. making sure people realise that that sort of conduct's not acceptable. Okay. Well, that answers that question. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the other topic that we're going to talk about was was strikes and industrial action. Um, we talked earlier about particularly the teacher strikes and uh, maybe taking a, uh, a legal perspective on, on, on it with um, the, the teachers' bursaries and recruitment, etc. Talk to us about that. Well, I mean, it's quite a, a challenging sector at the moment for, for mm. teaching, I think, because there's a huge shortage um, in certain sect- certain areas. So what the government has tried to do is try to address that. And what they've introduced are these teachers' bursaries. Now, we have had some bursaries in the past, mm. but the new ones that they're introducing um, this year, I mean, they're quite significant in the sums that could be paid um, and there are a much more extensive number of subjects that are covering. So it goes beyond maths and chemistry and, yeah. and touches on other subjects. Now, you know, I think it's 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 a good thing to do. I think what might surprise some people is the bursaries are up to £27,000 tax-free. Okay. Um, the, the person doesn't have to stay beyond a certain point. You know, once they've completed the, they don't even have to stay in teaching. And, um, you know, there's, I think, possibly quite a lot of people are not aware of, mm. of the availability of this. Mm. Um, but, you know, if it encourages more people to come into te- teaching, great. And, of course, the challenge we've got is we've got the teachers striking as well because they're unhappy about yep. various things, conditions yep. of working, etc. So, you know, you've got the government on the one hand trying to do one thing to encourage people into teaching and then you've got these activities which are not really encouraging people I would have thought to join um, the teaching profession having said that there's been a significant increase in the number of people applying to become teachers okay so it's one of these it's going to be interesting to see Mm. how this how this works out Mm. but more generally on the strike front um the government again there's new legislation that's currently working its way through parliament um and it's just gone through the house of lords and there's been some amendments made by the house of lords now this legislation 
it's a bit of a mouthful, but it's the Strikes Minimum Service Levels Bill right. 2023. <clears throat> and basically the government is trying to put in place um, a requirement to have a minimum number of people remaining at work so that you can't effectively have a situation where um, all the... Um, you know, nurses went on strike and a hospital was left without appropriate support. Okay. So that it's what it says on the label. They're trying to put in place minimum levels yeah. um, so that if uh, they can sort of prevent, as I say, a situation where the public are being severely affected as a result of a decision to strike. Mm. Now, the strike laws, the strike, the laws that govern the striking are quite um, rigorous already. Are they? Um, yeah, mm. so there's quite... I mean, you might have read recently about um, the Secretary of State uh, for Health challenging the nurses' strike because it was unlawful, um, and that you know that that's it's it is quite challenging to actually bring you know somebody mm. out on strike in the first place because the boxes you've got to tick, the process you've got to go through. Um, so this is also then something else that the tr- unions are going to have to contend with if it becomes law. Yeah. Um, but currently the House of Lords, um, they've made some amendments to it um, and they're trying to stop um, the legislation going through where it would enable um, an employer to basically dismiss somebody if they didn't comply with the requirements and actually continue to work, even if they voted to strike and wow. and the strike had gone through as being legitimate. So it's going to be interesting at times to see where it's, it goes to, but it's going to cover health, transport, education, fire and rescue and border control, as well as nuclear de- decommissioning. <laughs> so as you can see, it's, it's designed for very specific public mm. services, mm. Um, but it, it's quite wide in its um, application at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up once it gets back to the House um, the the House of Commons yeah it's an interesting topic with lots of um, lots of sort of you know it could go that way it could go that way where where people are um, you know people are wanting to work nurses are wanting to work for instance Um, they're not getting paid enough so they strike and then they could get lose their jobs because they striked. Um, there's lots of ins and outs on that. I'm sure there's... What was it called again? What was the mouth? Strikes Minimum Service Levels Bill 2023. <laughs> right, okay. So watch out for that. Um, I, I, yeah, well, thanks, Pam. That's great. You know, it's all that information about those. Um, if anyone wants any wants any help with those, I guess to get in touch with you because you um, you know all about that. And um, um, all the details for Pam, are, as, as we said, are on the Brilliant Businesses website. Um, and um, I'm sure she'd love to, or her team would like to help you if they can. Um, so thanks again, Pam. Thank you. Um, good to see you. And uh, we'll see you for another podcast soon. Thank you. Thanks, Nick.